It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And with us, we have special guest co-host, writer, producer, filmmaker, Nick Palmisciano. How you doing, man? Doing really well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. You know, you're going to go ahead and witness a little bit of uh, the abuse that I take from this guy right here on a, you know, daily basis. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Sweet like what exactly? Give me an example, please. Uh, yeah, exactly. You have to think about that for a second, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope all of you guys, everybody out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. Uh, I ate a lot. I got fat a lot, but that's beside the point. Uh, you know, Jeremy, how was your Thanksgiving, man? Uh, Thanksgiving was great. Uh, actually got all my brothers uh, to come up to the house, had a nice little family Thanksgiving. Uh, a little brutal in that my insomnia decided to kick up. So I was up for 48 hours straight and was basically... Oof just brain dead through the whole thing but i got to see my family it was very chill nice meal and that's all i asked for that's weird though because i mean turkey's supposed to make you go to sleep not keep you awake well i didn't get to eat it till thanksgiving it was the two days leading up to that that i did not sleep (laughs) oh okay gotcha gotcha that's a long thanksgiving then like that day becomes long if you haven't slept in 40 hours it was yeah, a little you... brutal mentally, but it was it was awesome getting to see my brothers and, um, you know, my one younger brother lives quite a ways away and hasn't been able to come up for a holiday in a while. So it was wonderful to get to see him and his his girls. So that's awesome. Nice. Man. nice. And Nick, how was yours, man? How was your uh, you, it looks like in the background you got you're already ready for Christmas. You're like yeah. Sweet Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is out the way. We're ready for well, Christmas so, now. <laughs> so I'm on the East Coast. I actually stayed in. Uh, so I own a media company. I actually stayed in our studio. So we've got like the the corporate little Christmas tree in the background in beautiful Durham, North Carolina in the back. So, ah, nice. there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. glad you guys, I'm glad you guys had a great, great time here. Uh, we're back to business here. We only, we got what, 23 days away from Christmas. So, no, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a very, very long month. Let me tell you. This year was fast. It like did. Tw- 2020 was like five years, but 2021, like I, like I blinked and it's over. <laughs> You're right about you know? that. <laughs> 2020 did feel like it was an eternity. Yeah, I was, was like, just, please, just let it go. never. It was like, oh, it's February, you know. Like, I mean, you know, being friends uh, with here's, this guy. Here's the problem, though. We all, I know, we all at the end of 2020 said, "Thank God, we're so happy." 2021 is. So why don't we all just keep our mouths shut this year <laughs> and wait and see what happens with Agreed. 2022? Agreed. That's, that's my opinion. 
100% agree to that. You don't yeah. want to jinx it. So, well, in uh, being, uh, you know, that it's the holiday season and being that people are in a giving mood, this TikToker uh, that I have, because as you know, to just when have it, we actually are playing a lot of TikToks. I want to get your guys' reaction on a situation that this TikToker was faced with. And I got, I'm going to ask you guys right after you watch this, what would you do in a situation like this? It's it's kind of uncomfortable, but yet you're kind of stuck at the same time. Check it out. Here we go. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. That smells so good. I'm so hungry. Huh? Oh, no, you don't have to. The guy in front of you already paid for it. He did? Yep. Oh, <laughs> that is so nice of him. Oh, my goodness. God bless his soul. You know what? I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna pay for the car behind me. Oh, that's so nice! <laughs> you know what? Because Jesus is watching. Oh, I love these! <laughs> yes! How much? $250.10. Wait, what? $250.10. <laughs> what the fuck is behind me? Is it a fucking school bus or something? It's a school bus. <laughs> It's a I'll do it next time because it's okay. J Jesus knows I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> next time. So, <laughs> facing uh, a situation like that, uh, what would you guys? I mean, Nick, what would you do in a situation like that? Like, you're pretty man. much trying to be nice, and then it's like you get the bill, and you're like, "Damn, I didn't know it was gonna be that much." I mean, yeah, what would I you do? I I don't know if I'm in. I'm, I don't know if I'm in for the whole 250. You know? <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, you know. I think I'm ducking and hiding from Jesus as I as I keep driving. <laughs> oh my God! I, I mean, like, I have to say, I, no, I, I would. Um, I have to say, it's. It depends on how. I mean, if I was in a position where I wouldn't be hurting my family doing that. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Char charity <laughs> is a wonderful thing. Being generous is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like, you know, we should be. But, you know, you have to take care of your own first as well. I mean, you can't be so generous that you're hurting the people you live with. If that's going to affect, you know, affect your rent, you're keeping the yeah. power on or so on, then, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's not feasible. But I don't think anybody who was in a comfortable position you know, a very comfortable position would, would double, would double take at that. I mean, I mean, you know, being, and also, email, I no, go ahead. Continue. Well, I was well, just, just going to say, say and I hate to ruin it for everybody. Man, but now, um, now I feel bad. Like, thanks. Well, Jeremy. no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy has I'm, a tendency to do that. So don't, don't I'm feel that bad. Teenagers, $250 of Chick-fil-A. My bad, Jeremy. <laughs> That's not what, oh my goodness. <laughs> Yay, somebody that can actually make Jeremy go speechless for two seconds. It's okay. Look, no, we'll I'm get glad. into how generous you are in a minute. I'm, but. I'm, glad that, I'm glad this happened to me, Jeremy. I think about it as growing pains. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, he just okay. had to. He had to put that one the in last, there. Last week I had somebody who was on my side. Apparently, Dave has uh, has his his side this time. Well, I, um, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta tell you real quick before you go any further. Like me as a Latino, if I were faced a situation like that. I'd be like, no, hombre, I meant Jesus, my God, see you later, and just drive off real quick. <laughs> no speaking English, bye. <laughs> you know, and just like skid off real fast. <laughs> yeah, that was there. Those are that, 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 that would have been pretty, but I, I have a, a sneaking suspicion that that was uh, not a real drive-through. I'm pretty. Yeah, yo, no, yeah. of course. I think it was staged and everything, but just the situation alone, I oh, think. Yeah. I mean, you know. Would be just Who bad. Us hasn't thought that you know when you see these videos, what would happen if the next order was you know, <laughs> oh well, I, I was bringing you know five hundred orders to my work or a restaurant or a hospital or you know what would you do? See, see, that's that's the reason why at, at that point I'd be like, oh really? They painted from me? That's great. I'll, I'll pay it forward some of the day. Bye. <laughs> just drive off. <laughs> anyway, so that's one of them. The next video right here. Um, this one. This one actually is another uh, interesting video uh, that I found, um, and I don't know, uh, uh, Nick, are you married or are you? Yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Yep. I'm sorry to dive into so personal right there, yeah, but was... uh, this this right here would be for anybody that's married, any gentleman that's married. Jeremy has a fiance, and uh, this video right here, well, it's going to be pretty self-explanatory. Check it out. There is no way it's that easy. I better call the Sarge. Hey Sarge, listen, I'm gonna have to go home. It's an emergency. No, really, it's it's an emergency. Listen, I was on the TikTok and I saw a video on how to do a factory reset on the box the kids came in. Yeah. I mean it's out. I, I don't know, it's a secret. Yeah. No, it looked it looked minimal evasive. Yeah. Yes, sir. Take notes. Full report tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if there is a factory reset. <laughs> the way he said that, it's like, Sarge, I just found a fa factory reset for, for my for the box that my kids came out of. <laughs> Jeremy, I see you thinking over there and <laughs> just thinking and thinking. That is not words thinking. that would ever come out of my mouth <laughs> if, no, if she no has any that. chance of hearing it. If I... Again, I'll say again, you'd find me buried in the backyard. I would just disappear. <laughs> you're like, I'm not laughing at this. You're laughing at this. What are you talking about? <laughs> Nick, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my wife is uh, English, and when we met, she was an MMA fighter. So, Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you're... so, like, there's no chance. There's just no chance. Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. Very smart. We, we yeah. All of a sudden, like, we see on your IG... In loving memory of Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this last uh, TikTok that I'm going to show you right now, this one right here actually really pissed me off, and and it, uh, I just I got to show you because it really really annoyed me. So, and this has to do with California. So here you go. I brought hot bone broth with turmeric and a little bit of ice. I brought vegan, gluten-free, and culturally sensitive croissants. What did you bring, Nikki? Um, I brought mashed potatoes. Like cauliflower ones? No, just mashed potatoes. <laughs> so like vegan ones? No, just normal. Don't say normal, you're not supposed to say normal. Normal is a bad word, use a different word. Uh, just traditional mashed potatoes with butter <laughs> and cream. <laughs> 
I swear. I mean, what irritates me about this, and Jeremy, both you and I are from California, born and raised. We're from Los Angeles. This is right there. Thanksgiving in Los Angeles was the caption on that video. Now, I went into the comments section of that video. So many people were so triggered by it because they were like, um, I'm from LA. We don't, we don't, A, we don't act like that. B, we don't talk like that. And C, we eat. So, I mean, have you ever heard of tacos in LA? Come on now. We practically invented that over here, you know? Like, Jeremy, you're a chef. Help me out here. You're a chef and you're a fellow Los Angelino. Help me out. Hey, it cracks me up. You know, I, I you, you forget. I travel all over the country all the time, and I see how Californians are viewed. I accept it. I embrace it. You know, I, I walk in. I'm like, yeah, I'm from California. What ain't fruits and nuts is flakes. <laughs> what are we? Bears? I'm one of them. No, it's, it's, I'm, I am a wacky, whatever they want to call it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm a Californian. I'm a progressive. I'm whatever you want to use that you what? want to say you hate about California. Okay. We second it, harvest? What's going on? I've never second harvested <laughs> in my life. Thank you. But being a chef, these people do exist out here. I deal with them quite a lot in catering. But they're not from like California. Actually, they're not from a, California. A lot of them are. Liar. No, I'm not. You're forgetting. There is a large portion of this state that is vegan granola crunchy. And how dare you do this? And you brought this and put that in. And I mean, you even bring up, you know, bacon with the wrong person and they get pissy. It does happen. So they're Jeremy, not that Jeremy, far Jeremy, off. I'm sorry. Jeremy, Jeremy there you're are embarrassing people. me. You're embarrassing no. me in front of our freaking Again, it's, it's a stereotype of a small fraction of people that is funny. Big deal. It's 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 just a stereotype though. It's not any it's nothing that represents everybody here. I mean, it, it's a very well-known fact. If you follow the I-5 corridor all the way up the West Coast, it is extremely blue or progressive or whatever you want to call it within about a 50 mile radius of the i5 and the central areas you go out from that opinions change very drastically sure. um you you know you want to lump all organ people into the granola hippie whatever no please go 15 minutes out of the major cities go into you know go 50 miles towards idaho or towards any of the other opinions change drastically people's beliefs change drastically there isn't a state in this in this entire country that's all one belief or one type of people but i embrace the california stereotypes you know i'm sorry i'm proud of california being the progressive leader that it is in a lot of ways um does it mean it doesn't have its faults please i'm not an apologist for this state i'll be the first to tell you what's wrong but it, it doesn't bother me. I, I crack up at all the different, um, you know, depictions of supposed Californians. I have revoked your California card. <laughs> Nick. Um... <laughs> Man, I don't think I can get as emotional about this as either of you guys. You well, know? you're not like, from here, though. Like you're not from here. A, so I'll, I know that's my, what I'm saying. I'll, I'm like, curious. You know? to, I'm, I'm curious if you think of us that way, you know, not being nah, from here. You know, like, uh, you know, one of my best friends on the planet's from slow, you know, and, and he is nothing like that. Um, you, you know, and, but I also like that woman exists everywhere. Like oh, yeah. I live in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. It might as well be LA. I mean, like, you know, the, the, you know, it's as progressive, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. you know, to me, that's more of a, uh, like suburban mom competing to like be the most pure than it is like there you from, go. from any particular state. 
So. Well, I still get a little bit upset because it's just, it just annoys me. That's all. It just really annoys me when people decide to go ahead and like, oh, you're that from must California. be why I like. I'm it. like, <laughs> it just, yeah, that's probably why. It bothers I mean, you. <laughs> that's it's exactly why I hate him. I really hate him, people. I really do. Anyways, <laughs> moving on to some entertainment news. Sony announces that uh, they will have a new Spider-Man trilogy. So it was announced today. Seeing as uh, a lot of people thought that Marvel was pretty much going to be done with Sony after No Way Home, but seems that that's not the case. According to Sony, they just announced it prop maybe five hours ago. They do have a trilogy coming out, and it will include a little bit of Venom. After Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Sony still owns that one, so they're going to integrate the movies ev- like eventually very soon. This right here is... The, what's interesting about this story is I thought that Marvel and Disney had like an agreement to own pretty much all Marvel movies. I mean, they own Marvel. So is this going to be considered a Sony production, a Sony movie, or is this going to be continue to be a Disney Marvel movie? That's where I'm a little bit confused at this whole thing. Nick, you're a filmmaker. I mean, what are your thoughts on this surprise announcement today by Sony? Yeah, so I think that uh, that Sony... And, and Marvel now have an agreement where, you know, they're doing a profit sharing on all of these things. If you remember, they almost didn't have Tom Holland involved in, right. you know, the, the last few films. And then they, they kind of resolved that all at the last second. You know, they own they own Fox now. So they, they got, you know, the Silver Surfer and Fantastic Four and all that's now owned by Disney. But I don't think Sony's going to let go of these properties. So it's you know, they either work together or they don't do as well. And so, I, you know, I'm just happy. I'm happy. Is it? I'm assuming it's still Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. I mean, that, to me, that to, to me, that's cool. That That's cool. And it, and if that gets integrated with the Marvel Universe, all the better. I honestly I honestly think Tom Holland was the best cast out of uh, Tommy McGuire and out of uh, Garfield. Uh, he's got the young look of a kid of Peter Parker. I mean, if this goes on for another three movies, by the time he gets to the age where Peter Parker becomes a photographer, like in the comic books, then that would make sense going along with the Spider-Man legacy and the Spider-Man comic books. Jeremy, you're not that much of a comic book guy, but at the same time, I mean, what are your thoughts right now on this, this uh, announcement with Sony? Well, it makes sense on the business end in the, you know there were certain properties that were marvel that early on they had sold to other companies that they did not own the outright rights to anymore so why would sony want to relinquish that and relinquish their piece of the pie it wouldn't make any sense um i love the fact that tom will be doing it um as as you said i definitely enjoyed him in the role uh the most out of out of those three actors um i thought he brought the most um he brought the performance that brought me back to the comic books, uh, not mm. to the comic books, but to the, you know, the Saturday morning Spidey and friends cartoons and stuff like that. And that's what I grew up on Spider-Man with because I wasn't a big comic book guy at the time. Uh, so I like it. I mean, I think it's great. I'd love to see Venom. I mean, that's, you know, that was my biggest problem with, you know, I want to see it integrated. I mean, the Venom movies were fun and everything yeah. else. I mean, except yeah. for the fact that it took an hour for them to actually show Venom in the first one. Yeah. Uh, I think, come on, how do you not Venom in the first hour? Yeah. But to see it integrated, 
would be awesome. I mean, that's what the the character was all about was that battle with Spider-Man and that inner demon and that, you know, so that that opens up so many different storylines and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think I think what I like about the the this new Spider-Man I mean, don't get me wrong. Tommy McGuire, that one was a good one, but it was like because it was new. It was the very like one of the very first. I mean, they did do a Spider-Man like uh, live action movie years ago, back in like the eighties or yeah, that was late seventies something. That, that was, was horrible. Yeah, but yeah. this right here, this one, you know, brought special effects, new adventures. So everybody was like, "Oh my god!" You know, Tobey Maguire, best Spider-Man ever. Yeah, Almost that, that was a, that was a game changing movie. You know. I I don't want to sell Tobey Maguire short. I think I think Tom Holland is the best. I think Andrew Garfield was awesome, but he he played the role as an older Peter Parker. Like mm-hmm. Peter Parker got cocky when when he was like 30, you know, where he was he was an accomplished guy, he'd been doing it for a while. Then he started to have that like really sarcastic, aggressive, I know who I am kind of vibe. But like young Peter Parker wasn't like that. You know, and that's why I think like Holland nails that. He's not really sure of himself, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that this this character is better because he starts off as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Now the only question that I still have to this day, and they still haven't answered this in any of the movies, is how he gained his powers to begin with. Now, he doesn't have the web the 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 the, the, the uh, sacks inside embedded into his skin like Toby Maguire did in his version of the movie. He's got like uh, like these machines that he like yeah. did, that invented himself. Um, so they really didn't explain how he became Spider-Man, which I guess it adds a little bit of mystery to it. I'm hoping that in these mo- upcoming movies, they explain it a little bit more as to how he became Spider-Man, uh, how he got his powers, his agility, his strength, everything. But we're just going to have to wait and see what I like. Again, what I like about this is that it's starting off as him as a kid mm-hmm. in high school. I mean, they tried to do it with the Tobey Maguire one, but with Tobey Maguire, that version, he was already a senior. So three years had already passed, and he was already practically an adult on his way out of high school. Uh, With Andrew Garfield, he was more of an adult on that one as well. So this right here, it kind of combines those two and has a backstory from the very beginning, and hopefully we'll see a good ending to this next trilogy coming up, especially now that we got Venom coming through. That's a good character, and I think they're going to do a great job with this. In my opinion, so we'll have to see, wait and see to find out. In other entertainment news, Bradley Cooper talks how he got held at knife point in New York City. Now, this didn't happen recently. He actually uh, opened up about this in a Been recent there. interview. He, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Well, I'll ask you about that. But uh, at the at, at this point, he basically was talking about how quote. Uh, he said, quote, I used to walk around New York City all the time with these on. Uh, th- this was a uh, this was pre pandemic. I was on the subway 1145 to pick Leah downtown at Russian school and I got held up at knife point. Uh, I realized I had gotten way, way too comfortable in the city. My guard was down and I am all the way at the end of the subway. Innately, I would just go all the way down to the end. I felt somebody coming up. I thought, oh, hey, they want to take a photo or something. As I, t- as I turned, I'm up against the post like it's the French Connection or some, some S like that. And I turned, I look down, and I see a knife. So, he, you know, that's a scary situation. At the end of the day, the, you know, 
Jeremy, you're you're a celebrity. He's a celebrity. Everybody's a celebrity, but we're all human beings. We all, mm-hmm. you know, are very much fragile creatures. A knife mm-hmm. can kill us. A bullet can kill yeah. us. Hell, freaking COVID could kill us. You know what I mean? There's a plethora of things that could kill us out there. So, you know, being a, a, a celebrity in the public eye, you do you ever have your guard down like that? I mean, because a lot of people do come up to you. When they recognize you, they come up to you. They want to take pictures and such. I mean, how do you how do you, how do you stay guarded? How do you deal with something like that? It is a delicate balance. It really is. Um, you want to be warm and open and welcoming to your fans and people who appreciate you. And I've always tried to do that. But having dealt with stalkers and you know someone who actually went to prison for you know threatening to kill me and having a guy show up on set with a gun and all sorts of, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen it all at this point. I, I got mugged in New York years ago when I was, I don't know, I was probably 15 or so, 16. And uh, New York was a lot different back then. I mean, you're talking about 30 years ago. It was a little more, little more scary. Not saying don't have your guard up now, but back then it was, it was a different thing. You didn't even consider going on the subway at night 30 years ago. Um, I got held up just in a little alley off a, off a street. And it was one guy with a knife. He wanted my boots, he wanted my wallet. And um, you know me at that age, I was a bit of a hothead and I was training all the time. So my response was, well, you can feel free to take it, but that's not gonna end well for you. And he decided that wasn't a good idea and he left. But it happens. I, I do try and have my guard up. I mean, you know me, if a fan comes up and says they want a hug or something, or, you know, they meet me and say, Hey, I'm the first one to open my arms, but I'm also checking out their hands as they're coming Mm -hmm. towards me. You know, I am, that's just, that's just the facts. I mean, I think the one that woke me up the biggest was Monica Seles getting stabbed by, you know, a fan of, uh, Steffi Graf's on court, you know, and nobody stopped her. I mean, that was this crazy. Is the old days, you know. Yeah, Nick. I mean, that you remember cra- that, right? That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, and how does how does a fan walk right up to a player in the middle of a match and nobody mm-hmm. does anything? Nobody looks at it. Nobody said. Nobody yeah. even looked at it strange. Yep. So yep. from that moment on, my guard has always been up. I may be warm and welcoming, and I don't look at everybody as an enemy or as a possible threat, but I'm also aware. You know, I'm also checking out their body language. I'm also looking at their hands as they're around me. I'm looking at the situation. I mean, you know me. I won't even sit with my back to door to the door at the at a restaurant. True. So, I mean, there's always things that I'm doing to kind of keep my eyes open. I mean, to be honest with you, you know, that explains why every time I go to hug you, you kind of like push me away. <laughs> I well, I don't trust you <laughs> as far as I can throw you. So, God, can you feel the love here? I'm just saying. Uh, anyways, no. Uh, what about you, Nick? Have you ever been in a situation something like like that? I mean, you have a wife yeah. that's, that's an MMA, so I'm sure you you learned yeah. a little bit yourself. So, so I, like I, I'm a little bit of an anomaly just because of the life that I live. So I, I was on the ISIS kill list, uh, you know, at the height of ISIS being a thing. So like, there the FBI literally came to my house and was like, hey, you know, these people are actively trying to find you and kill you. And I was like, you know, sweet. Um, <laughs> But, uh, like, I've done combat sports since 1987. Uh, nice. You know, I, I'm a, you know, a, a ranger, uh, infantry officer. Um, you know, I, you know I, I still train all the time. I generally carry a weapon. Like, you know, I'm not brandishing it. I'm not trying to be a tough guy. But, you know, because of the threats against 
you know, my, my life, my family, like I'm just literally always ready. So, um, I, I just take it serious. I don't, you know, I've been jumped before, uh, fortunately, you know, did all okay in that situation, but like it was from a person that did not look like a threat, wasn't acting like a threat, you know, and then all of a sudden I was getting, you know, punched in the face and put into a wall and it was like, wow, you know, yeah, yeah. So like crazy stuff has happened to me. So like my, my default is I'm always like, if somebody walks by me, I'm assessing them. Like, is this person carrying a weapon? How are they holding themselves? What are they looking at? Are they watching people? Am I being followed? It's just like part of my DNA at this point. It's just habit at this point to just go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, Nick, you probably, I I don't know if you would agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I have personally avoided a few situations like that just by being aware. Absolutely. You know, when you make eye contact with somebody who is looking to do something wrong and they Mm -hmm. realize you know you've mm-hmm. spotted it you see them mm-hmm. they they beeline away you know what yeah. i mean i've i've actually i can count probably three or four conscious times that i've had that happen where i knew i saw like you said i assessed it and yeah. it was like as soon as they caught my eye and they knew i knew they diverted somewhere else because they don't, they don't know what you have they don't know what you're going to do and you know people that want to do bad things generally are looking for prey if you give off predator it's not worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's funny cause, uh, I actually, uh, had a situation years ago. Uh, I used to be a Hollywood club promoter and I promoted for many, many clubs here in Hollywood. Hollywood's not exactly the safest place in the world. And, uh, there was one point where, uh, I was actually crossing the street to a Seven Eleven across the street and to go get some gum or something like that. And as I'm crossing the street, uh, a very, very sus- suspect type of gentleman with a hoodie and everything, uh, baggy pants. He's like, he's like, hey, let me use your phone. And I immediately, I already knew what that meant. He's gonna try to like, he's gonna use my phone, take it, and jet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just looked at him, and I dead, dead in the eye, and I was like, no. I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. I was like, dude, payphone's over there, bro. And he looked at me. He's like, he's like, you serious? I was like, was I joking? And he's just like, man, whatever, man. And he just kept on walking. I mean, count me lucky. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's not like my pretty face. <laughs> you know, I, I've been told I have a very, very pretty face. You know, I guess. Like, I don't know. I was yeah, going to no. say, I was just going to say that, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. No, I, no, it's, it's funny. Everybody at the clubs, everybody was like, are you mad? I'm like, no, I'm not mad. And they're like, why do you look like you're mad? I was like, that's the face I was born with, you guys. <laughs> it's sad sometimes, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it sucks, but I guess it saves my life more often than not because I look like I'm a mean guy or something, you know, which is a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's I've been in situations like that. I've been literally a hair away from getting shot inside the mm-hmm. clubs as well. Uh, there was another situation where I walked by. I heard a pop. And I thought it was a balloon popping. Mm. As soon as I went outside to go and greet my guests, all of a sudden a, a herd of people just go running out of the yeah. club. And I'm like, what happened? Someone just got one of the security guards just got shot. I was like, that's what I heard. I just walked right past that. I, it's crazy sometimes. I mean, yeah. it, it be in like it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, uh, Bradley Cooper got held up at knife point. Jeremy, you got you almost got mugged. I mean, Nick, you've been in through through some stuff yourself. I mean, the world's not exactly a safe place. So the best thing for us to always do is either a travel in packs 
or B, stay away from very, very shady areas where like our own human instincts can actually tell when something's off, when it's yeah, like, okay, for sure. I don't think I want to be here. I don't think I want to be in that area. I'm thinking I'm going to go the other way. Yep. You know, at least mine don't kick in every so often. So that's, yep. that's my, that's my take on that. In other entertainment news, uh, on a lighter note, Ryan Reynolds is honored by uh, the, by, he was given uh, the governor award in Canada uh, for his many contributions. As we knew, as we all know, last year, Ryan Reynolds did so much for Canadians. He donated so much of his time, effort during the pandemic. He was there for so many people. He was honored by uh, the governor, uh, the, the by the governor award. And he was just uh, a governor general's award, actually. And they ended up, uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen Page ended up <laughs> doing a song for him and dedicated it completely to Ryan Reynolds that included a cameo wow. by, by William Shatner by William Shatner and many other Canadians in the video so much so that they had a picture in picture and Ryan was just crying he was just so overwhelmed I mean this is a guy that always has something to say yeah. He was speechless, completely speechless. And he was like, I'm crying. I am literally crying right now. This is incredible. That's super uh, cool. They they had they had shots of uh of uh first responders uh saying thank you to Ryan, everything. Like it was just a beautiful video that they did for him. Very funny, very like very it, perfect for Ryan. And a lot of his uh a lot of uh, the 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 co-stars that he's worked with uh went on to Instagram. Dwayne Johnson went ahead and wrote in the caption. He wrote, "Ah, bubba, that was special. That was very very special." And then of course Hugh Jackman, his frenemy yeah. till the end, had to go ahead and say something. He went ahead and said, he said, seriously? Really? Seriously? Well done, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Hugh Jackman's uh, take on that. Nick, I mean, you know, your thoughts on Ryan getting this award for all of the service that he's done. I mean, I, I think I think that's awesome. I think when, when people do good things, it's it's always great when they actually get recognized because so often it doesn't happen. But I have to be honest, all I'm thinking of right now is that Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds commercial where Ryan oh, yeah. Reynolds does the whole beautiful <laughs> commercial of the beans and everything. And then Hugh Jackman just, is just pouring the aviation gin out on the table. Like, like, oh God, I was, I was crying. I was, I was like one of them. Cause he was like, I didn't know you were going to do all that. Maybe we should show it later. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 <laughs> what did you spend on that? A million dollars. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the best scene. And then <laughs> the look on Ryan's face when he saw Hugh's version, he was like, just, just really? Just pouring that shit out on the table. Oh, no. That whole rivalry <laughs> is one of the best things that we get uh, to enjoy. Uh, oh. It's fantastic. I, I love that that frenemy uh, bromance that they have. Uh, I mean, I still I still remember the Christmas where Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman told <laughs> told Ryan that it was uh it was an ugly sweater Christmas party, and he and Ryan was the only one that showed up. And he's like, so these two asshats told me that it was an ugly sweater party, and they took a picture. Both Jake and Hugh are busting up laughing in the picture, and Ryan's serious, like I hate you guys. So <laughs> I did that. I did that at my wedding. Oh, are you serious? All, I told all my American friends and family that 
uh, it's British tradition to wear a costume to a wedding. Like, and, and like I even, I made like a fake invitation that wasn't the invitation that my, my wife made or anything. And then, uh, you know, so all my friends show up in these ridiculous costumes, like Batman was there, Winnie the oh Pooh God. was there, right? And like my- That is my, so awesome. My English family is like, uh, why are all your friends uh, wearing costumes? Like, <laughs> I was like, I have no idea. I really have no idea why oh they're doing God. that. Like, oh. Dude, you were busting up laughing inside the entire <laughs> I time. I was dying the whole time. That might be one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard. Dude, tell me you got that on video. Tell oh, me you yeah. got some. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to yeah. see that someday. Like, yeah. I'd love to see that wedding video. For yeah, it was, a, just... it was a fun wedding. It was a fun Sheer brilliance. What, what did your What did your friends say when, when they found out it was all a joke? Like, did they want to, like, kill you or something? No, they don't care. They don't. Like, <laughs> they were like, like it, classic, it was, classic. It was Nick. awkward for a moment. Then, but then they were like, you know what? I'm not in a tux. I'm not, you know, I'm not in a suit. Mm-hmm. Like, True. I'm, wearing a pa- I'm wearing a panda costume. Like, life is good right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm in a onesie. I'm happy. I'm, I'm in a onesie. Me? I'm in a felt onesie. You know? That is so awesome. Jeremy, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on, on Ryan receiving the award? I mean, I think it's it's very much well-deserved. No, it's, it's very much well-deserved. Anybody who goes out of their way to do that kind of thing, to be recognized like that and in such a heartfelt way. I mean, the honor is one thing, you know, giving, getting the governor's award but i i guarantee what they did with the video meant a lot more to him than just an award and so, that actually I mean, that, and that well i mean that and the fact of the matter that he he didn't ex, he didn't he didn't expect to get any type of recognition i mean his thing he did it because he loves his country he mm-hmm. loves canada he loves canadians he saw them in a very difficult situation and he said, you know what? I have the means. I have the popularity. I have the money. I'm going to help. And that's something that can be served as an example for many other high profile celebrities. And many have done a lot of good things for their communities and for uh, for others as well, which is a great thing, you know, but it's it's one of those situations where he 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 went over the top like he went over the top for Canada and Canada of course they love their Ryan Reynolds well we love Ryan Reynolds I mean I'd love that guy to be my freaking best friend I swear guy looks like I would have a blast with and I probably wouldn't remember half of what I would what happened which would be awesome so <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd be okay with that I'd be like tattoo on my ass it says never mind I don't want to go yeah. there anyways anyways another Jeremy's looking at me all like what are you thinking of right now bro Anyways, in other uh, in other news, Twitter uh, CEO uh, Jack Dorsey steps down as Twitter CEO, uh, and the stocks jump about eleven percent after he did. He went ahead and released a statement uh, shortly after he, his resignation, saying, "There's a quote. There's a lot of talk about the importance of com- of a company being founder led." Uh, ultimately, I believe that's severely limiting and a single point of failure. So what happened here was that he was actually going, he was actually, they were, there was consideration that they wanted him to step down as it was because he, he's one of the founders of, uh, of not only Twitter, but of another company as well. And it was, it was, he's the founder of square mm-hmm. and he really mm-hmm. couldn't, he really couldn't do both. 
And that was actually the thought for many people is like, okay, you can't really do both. It's not that he was doing a bad job. It was more along the lines that it was overwhelming. And many people were like, you know, many, many of the of his uh, of his uh, co-owners and everything like that were saying, dude, you can't really do both. So that's what he was actually supposed to step down, I believe, uh, uh, shortly after they founded Square because they saw that it was overwhelming for him. So now it seems that he decided to uh, to step down uh, as a CEO. And that's actually going to be a good thing. Now, the, the crazy part about it here is that the stock jumped 11 percent right after he stepped down is that a reflection on him or is that a reflection on just you know stockholders thinking that this is a good opportunity to go ahead and invest i mean jeremy what are your thoughts i can't you know speak to what other people were thinking um, my instant thought with that is if people knew that his energies had been split between these two companies then that would make sense because hopefully they'll get a ceo who is 100% dedicated to this business and that would that could only be a better thing so mm -hmm. maybe that was part of the reasoning i don't know uh, maybe it's just change maybe people felt that twitter was in need of a new direction um, but I can't really, I mean, in, commenting on other people's investment habits is not exactly my strong forte. So, I mean, from my own perspective, those would be the two reasons I could see why the stock would jump. Not very true. Nick, I see you shaking your head over there. It looks like uh, you're, you're agreeing with uh, this type of decision from, from uh, Jack to step down. Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a good decision or a bad decision. I do know that Twitter was dying prior to President Trump's election. Like, you know, like him or hate him, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think most people feel one way or the other. Uh, when he showed up with his crazy tweets, all of a sudden, you know, you had to be on Twitter to see what craziness he was gonna tweet next. And so Twitter had a pretty significant life cycle during that period of time, largely because of that. I mean, you think about it, like literally one thing you know, but prior to that, like they were dying. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what I've heard is that the new CEO is the guy that has provided all of the recent innovation that, you know, has brought more people on, that's improved the stickiness of, of Twitter, that's improved their ads. And so, you know, Jack probably stayed around with Twitter because it was his baby. And like, I understand mm -hmm. that. My first company, I probably, I probably stayed on as the CEO five years longer than I wanted to, almost because like I couldn't picture my life without it. And now I'm, you know, a shareholder, a board member, and I still am heavily involved, but I'm I'm not running it day to day. That's not my mm -hmm. job anymore. And it actually made my life better. Whereas with, you know, the company that I run now, my goal from day one is how do I make myself unneeded? You know, I want like in, in two years, if I still am needed in this company as like the, the chief reason we make money, I failed. And so, you know, I think once you once you, you know, get rid of the baby, so to speak, you make clearer decisions. So so, you know, if you look at his history, he was the CEO and then he was like the, the co-CEO and then he was the chairman. And then he was the interim CEO because they weren't doing as well. Then he was the CEO again, like he couldn't let it go. So, you know, I, I think it's probably a good decision for him. And it's, and it's like you said, it's like a baby, 
it's like you, want, yeah. you, you don't like mm-hmm. you're a parent to this thing and you you know just like a parent you don't want to clip the wings you don't want to cut yep. the umbilical cord you want to you yeah. know retain that that child as long as possible yeah and you know before you believe that it's ready to go off on its own. So. so so much sacrifice goes into running a business. I mean, like, you know, and most people don't hit it big, but most, you know, you pour, you know, you take risk, you know, you're investing most of your money, all of your money, you're going into debt, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, you know, like, you know, two years into my first company, I was like a single dad with two toddlers. I had quit my fortune 100 job. I was like, you know, I had like 57 grand in credit card debt. I had no money in the bank anymore. Like it was like a, like a true, like, oh crap moment, you know? And then like it starts working and you know, it becomes a successful company and it's easy to be like, oh yeah, like I worked hard, but there were moments where it was like really scary and most entrepreneurs have those moments. And so like you become tied to it, like it's, like it's you as opposed to something that you built. Like it's very two very different things, but like it's so important to separate it. Well, we'll go ahead and see. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and see right now what happens with Twitter in the future. Uh, In other entertainment news, uh, the Alice Subold movie has been uh, shelved for the moment, seen as now. This is a very interesting story. Now, what happened here is that uh, so far, the uh, the U star, Victoria Pedretti, drops out of the Alice Siebold movie post-exoneration of the accused. Now, what happened here was that they were about to do uh, this movie that was based on this on this on this woman that got raped uh, years ago. Now, as as it turns out, it seems that when they were when they were when they were doing the investigation, they, they were diving into this uh, this this. Uh, this uh, movie to investigate exactly what happened. They hired a private investigator, the producers and people of the studio hired a private investigator to look deeper into uh, the person that was accused uh, by the name of Anthony Broadwater. Now, when they dug deep in there, they found out that Anthony wasn't guilty. They found out that he wasn't guilty. There wasn't enough evidence to support what happened. This man was in prison for the better part of his life. And he was in prison for about for I believe about maybe this happened uh, this happened to her back in 1981 in Syracuse. That's about 45 years or so that it, or, four, or no I'm sorry I'm sorry about 40 years, 40 years. This person was in prison wrongfully imprisoned, and now they have been exonerated because they found out that this this woman was not accurate in the description of this man. This and, and and this is just a tragedy that happened. This this man can't get those forty years back. This is this so is insane. Was she? So I'm not up to date on all. I mean, I, I saw the headline that someone had gotten out, but like, did she fabricate the story or did she just get the wrong guy? She got the wrong guy. Okay, okay. So it's not like she's an evil, terrible no, yeah. person. She no, just, yeah. she just man, she just made a mistake. Tough. She made a mistake. Uh, she got the wrong guy. And which is also I would think that that would actually be pretty scary because she did get the wrong guy. And at the same time, the right guy's out there like, you know, is out there. Yeah. But I mean, the problem is, is that she just described them as a a black guy. And, you know, that's pretty much the the description that she gave, plus other other descriptions that didn't make any sense. And her story didn't make any sense. It didn't uh, corroborate with what happened. So that's where the investigation kind of went off. They were like, there was a lot of holes in her story. And so that's why they hired a private investigator to dig deeper into what happened. 
they found out Anthony wasn't guilty. It wasn't that it wasn't him. He wasn't the one. Wow. What so, an incredible way to I mean, thank God he was exonerated. I mean, to yeah. spend 40 years, you know, serving time for a crime he did not commit is uh, I can't even imagine I can't the imagine. mental I'm... torture of that. I mean, yeah. not a, a, let alone being in prison, but to know you are innocent and to still be suffering in that way is is an unfathom, unfathomable. There's no way to make it up. Like, you know, no. I mean, even, even if they were like, you know, here's, you know, a hundred million dollars like that doesn't that's Give not, you your life. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, in, if anything, I would actually have to say that if the producers would like to go ahead and make a movie, they should make a movie of Anthony, what he went through, everything well, he went through. And I have to say they probably, I mean, just knowing the business and Nick, you you know how this is, I'm sure somebody will step up. Yep. I mean, if you look at the Brian Banks story, the USC football player who out of high school was accused of rape, um, basically because it was an old, it's the old, you know, daddy caught him and little white girl daddy was mm. going to be mad and she went well he raped me and she recanted the story nine years later after he spent Jesus. eight years in prison and thankfully the guy got another shot and usc Pete carroll gave him a scholarship and he came on and he got to play and made something of his life after that but he only served eight years and that still must have been absolutely horrific but he yeah, still insane. had his life in front of him and people were already you know, clamoring to be able to tell his story and tell the right story. Yep. So I can only imagine somebody so, will be lining up. Someone will tell that story. Yeah, oh, yeah. That'll, that'll happen fast. Most definitely. In other uh, news, we, we jump into sports here, and it seems like it's a really, really bad day for the Dodgers today. <laughs> Starting off, we got the Rangers, Texas Rangers, land Corey Seager on a $325 million contract for 10 years. Wow. We're going to miss you, Corey. You're one of the best. <laughs> that was just sad to see that go, man. What are the Dodgers doing, Jeremy? Well, I, I have to play devil's advocate here a little bit. Um, I understand both sides. It hurts to lose him, and it's definitely, I mean, I think this guy has massive potential. But he's had an injury history over the last few years. He has not played a full season in a while. He struggled a lot this season because of those injuries. His batting average was down. He wasn't quite as productive. And to pay a guy, I mean, they would have had to match that contract. Hmm. So to give him 10 years of longevity at $350 million, you're tied into that now. I mean, baseball has more guaranteed money than any other in sports. And... He's, I mean, you are now stuck to that contract for 10 years and you don't know if he'll be healthy for you. You know, you, you, you just don't. Um, so how do you justify giving him $350 million when you have another priority in signing Trey Turner to an extension who has been healthy, is considered one of the top two or three players in all of baseball is young and up and coming and is going to command that exact same type of salary. So from a business standpoint, I don't see the Dodgers being able to match that contract with him having the history of health issues he's had. And Does you don't think this is yes. going to be detrimental to the Dodgers and I'm the, not, the team or the game? I'm not saying it won't be detrimental, but you're already talking about a team who has the highest payroll in the league by a, or at least did by a wide margin. You're going to add $35 million a year to that for 10 years. 
for a player you're not sure is going to give you half the games next year. I'm not saying it might not hurt. If he manages to get healthy and stay healthy and become a great producer for them, then it's a brilliant pick for the Rangers and it was a mistake for the Dodgers. But how do you give someone that much money on speculation? You know, I mean, that's the truth to me. Well, I mean, it seems that uh, Seager wasn't the only one that uh, that the Dodgers nope. decided to say goodbye to. Who else you got, Jeremy? Well, this one's interesting to me because Max Scherzer has agreed to a 130 Five million dollar contract. I think it's over three or four years uh, with the New York Mets, which all that really says to me is that he's happy with his ring. He won back in Washington and now he just wants to get paid because, I mean, I'm sorry to any New York fans out there, but nobody in their right mind wants to go to the dumpster fire that is the Mets <laughs> right now. I mean, they've been a mess for so long. Yeah. They have very little chance of competing and they just gave $130 million to a 40-year-old pitcher. They're not the Miracle broke, Mets, they're the Mess who Mets. Who broke down at the end of the season, you know? I mean, if, if, if Max Scherzer had pitched like the ace he pitched for, you know, dominant in his first nine games with the Dodgers and everything else after the trade, I think they might have considered giving him that money. But at that age, they watched him physically break down and get tired at the end of the season and not be as good of a pitcher. So, again, I don't think they felt comfortable in trying to throw that kind of money at an older pitcher who you don't know how his body's going to hold up. Um, I mean, personally, I've always respected athletes who want to chase championships. To me, that's what it's about. You're going to get $110 million to stay here. Why do you need 130 to go to a losing team? That's a miserable situation that eats away at you. I've known ball players who've been on squads like that. And I mean, I've had I had friends who are part of some of those dread, dreadful Seattle teams. And, you know, it, trust me, it's not fun sitting through a hundred lost season, you know, when everything you're playing for it all, it becomes, well, we're playing for nothing but a check because nothing's coming out of this season at this point. Um, yeah. At this point, most definitely. that's They're just paycheck players at this point. So, again, I understand him doing it, but I, I'm kind of shocked that a competitor like him wouldn't want to, you know, add another ring or two. Yeah. And I, I don't personally see that happening with the Mets unless they pull off some more just absolutely amazing signings. So the the real question here is what's going to happen in the Dodgers next season with all with uh, these two big uh, losses. So we'll just have to wait and see. Nick, you're not really a baseball fan, right? You're not, more of a I'm football a, fan. I'm not a hardcore baseball fan. Uh, I'm, I'm like a fair weather uh, Boston Red Sox fan. So I will say I'm happy the Mets uh, put together a bad deal because they deserve that because of that, that <laughs> 886 World Series. There you, uh, go. <laughs> you know, that was still still it was a rough, rough moment in a kid's life. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm Patriots all the way football and, and amateur wrestling. That's that's my thing. Well, we'll get into some football right now because uh, Michigan wins against Oregon for the first time nope. in eight years. Ohio State. Ohio I'm sorry, State. Ohio State. Oh, okay, I gotta go ahead and fix that bar there. Oh, yeah, it's, that's totally different teams. Okay, yeah, I thought it was a Oregon for some reason. A different reaction as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lord. Well, I mean, either way, they start with an O. So they they definitely both start with an O. I agree with you on that. That was my mistake. My mistake for that. For some reason, I don't know why. It just said it. It said it said you know, it it said that for some reason. I have no idea why, but that's uh, that was my fault. But anyways, uh, either way you look at it, you know, this was the first uh, win that uh, 
Jim Harborough has had against uh, against them in eight years. So mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a huge, huge, huge uh, win for him, huge uh, Nick. I mean, you know, like you're again, you're a football fan. Did you watch the game? I did. Yeah. Um, so it, it was wild because like I remember being like you know I, I went to Army. And when I was at Army, we, we won three out of four games, but then we had this huge stretch, you know, over a decade where we did not beat Navy. And it was like soul crushing. Like you, you know, and it was always like at the last second, something would go wrong. And it's been the same way for Michigan. Like they've come close many times, but always choked. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a good friend, good Army buddy that, that went to Michigan, huge Michigan fan and, and like, he has suffered for years. And so I know the feeling of finally overcoming that hump. And so like, I'm happy for Michigan fans. Well, Dave knows that feeling. He's very, oh, God, I knew, I knew you were going to go there. I <laughs> no, knew he, you were going to go he, there. He, LA fan. He knows what it's like to lose to us 10 years. In See, row, so, this is the know. funniest thing is that he continues to bring it up. He can't let go that USC lost this year against UCLA. He I just can't let it go. I, I was saying, I'm proud of you guys. I mean, one win. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's so sincere. Awesome. I'm sure it's such a sincere pride I, that you're giving I think, me right now. I think he means it. I think he means it. I think oh, he's yeah, just trying no. to be nice, you know? No, well, you, well, remember, Nick, he is an actor. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I didn't say he was a good actor. I just say he was an actor. <laughs> well, should I do it to you now? I have a little, little something I have to bring up here. Uh, it's breaking news, and I hate to break your heart, but the new coach of LSU is Brian Kelly. He is leaving Notre Dame. Wow. How you doing, bud? I'm speechless. Are you serious? Brian Kelly is the new coach at LSU. Mm. They are coming to terms as we speak. It is breaking news and was announced just a few minutes ago. Oh my God. That right there That's is his other a, team, Nick. That breaks my heart right yeah. there. I'm sorry. Because Notre Dame ha- has had some tough years, but they were starting to look good again. Yeah. 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 That, that, wow. Okay. That just completely threw me through my game off right now. Uh, um, you're, you're, you was, must be was, happy. It, it, was, it was breaking news. I had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, yeah. There was no ulterior motive. <laughs> of course not. There, of course there's no and, ulterior and, motive. And it, and it certainly has nothing to do with the fact of our next story. You know, I wouldn't bring it up because of that. So Yeah, of course not. Well, you know what? At least Brian's not going to USC. He knows better. So oh, we didn't <laughs> want him. <laughs> oh, please. You need a coach. Right. <laughs> we got one. Whatever. In other sports news, Lincoln Riley departing Oklahoma. Jeremy, what's going on with that? <laughs> so, Lincoln Riley is uh, departing <laughs> Oklahoma. 38-year-old wonderkind, uh, former offensive coordinator for Bob Stoops, uh, future Hall of College Football Hall of Famer, and uh, led Oklahoma five years, did a great job with them, 50-10. and 10. Uh, I think it's three or four uh, Big 12 championships in that time, three appearances in the B- in the college football playoffs. He's a brilliant mind. He brings some great coaches with him. Uh, his offensive line coach is coming with. His recruiting coordinator is coming with. His running backs coach is coming with. So as an SC fan, I'm incredibly uh-huh. happy. We got some leadership finally. You know, I've been begging them we've all been begging them to get rid of clay helton and get a real football coach who, who i mean helton is a wonderful coach i've told you before on a smaller scale 
for a, he's a great leader of men. I would never say anything against him as a person, but as an X's and O's guy, and it, it he's not a football coach who's going to compete at the top top levels. Bringing in a young guy like this is going to change some things. It sent ripples all over the country already in college football. And speaking for Riley, I think it's a brilliant move on his part. He never wanted uh, the Big Twelve to. Uh, lose Oklahoma and Texas like they are. They're going over to the SEC. He didn't want to coach in the SEC. And why would you want to coach in that? I mean, good luck to Brian Kelly. But Brian Kelly's already proved what he can do with an up-and-coming program, with an established program. We're going to miss him. <laughs> and truthfully, really I mean, him. now that he's got Notre Dame back kind of on top, it's it. he needs a challenge. I mean, he doesn't, no offense to Army and Navy, but he wants to be playing the big boys. He doesn't want to have a schedule where he's, you know, playing eight games against teams that, you know, have no shot at the playoffs. And okay, I'm offended. I'm offended. I just want you to know. <laughs> hey, I personally would love to see Army get into the playoffs, but I don't know if we'll be seeing that anytime soon because they have some of the highest, you know, restrictive standards in the it's world. True. They're no, not. They're not offering true. scholarships to just anybody. It's so. it's true. Yep. It's you very know. difficult, but yeah, that that that. Uh, that Brian Kelly, that story, that really hurt me a little bit because, I mean, Nordin was doing fantastic. But I guess, you know what, it's it's crazy. Is it just me or has this season been a shakeup for a lot of universities? I mean, they're, they're trying to shake as much, as much stuff off as possible. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how next college season is going to look for many of these colleges with brand new administration, brand new coaches coming in and taking over. I mean, Brian Kelly going to LSU – Damn, that's good. That's going to be a good. That's going to be good. I think that's going to be a good fit for him. Uh, I think he's outgrown think Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame's also outgrown him as well. So that could be a good fit for for Brian Kelly to go ahead and retire at LSU. Uh, as far as Lincoln Riley going to USC, USC needs a good coach. They got one. So we're going to have to see how Lincoln uh, decides to, you know, coordinate with, with these up and rising stars at mm -hmm. USC, these rising football players at USC to see how his program is going to fit them because it's also a chemistry between your coach and your players. You have to have a good fit. And so far, USC Absolutely. has been kind of up and down with that these past few years. It's well, been as we, as we found out after the, uh, the um, outside – uh, was it uh, neutral report that was done by some outside sources into why Clay Helton, you know, basically failed at USC. Things kept coming to light that were just blowing anybody away who read it. I mean, yeah. this is a head coach who had no recruiting plan. His goal was just get the biggest stars you could. Don't worry about how they fit into the program. Don't worry about how they, it's just get the headline names so we look good. Mm. Well, you wonder why we're so dysfunctional on the field? There was no vision. There was no, there was no goal. It was, let's get, it was like old Al Davis Raiders style. <sighs> just give me the best. We don't care how they are. Just yep. give me, give me the fastest. Give me the strongest. You know, it was Al Davis style recruiting. So, and that's the recruiting is where I'm really interested to see what's going on with all these changes across the board. Hmm. We have early signing period in two weeks, and now we have Brian Kelly has left, Lincoln Riley has left and gone to USC, 
Um, there are multiple other names that will be moving in the next week. And you already have people who have committed to certain programs. So I think you're going to have a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of fluidity and a lot of movement in the recruiting game over the next six months or so. Um, and I think a lot of these early commitment guys might decide to hold off a little bit and uh, see what's going on. We got Carl on feed saying, yeah, but it's still uh, it is still the good old boy system. It is nothing more than the same chess pieces moving from square to square. I mean, yes and no. I mean, it's got a. I I don't know that that one's a tricky one to actually answer that one uh, because it isn't. Think, it isn't. I personally think that's not as rampant in college football. I mean, just personally, I think we see it in the NFL way too much. Um, you know, guys who have been outright failures with other teams over and over and over being given head coach jobs, which makes no, you know, which is ridiculous to me. Um, but you don't see that as often. Maybe it's because there's so many teams in college football. But we've seen a lot more diversity. We've seen a lot more of young coaches who maybe aren't quite as proven being, you know, given a shot and being given a chance to move up the ranks. And again, nobody gave Brian Kelly this job because he's one of the good old boys. They gave him it because he's winning and he took a down on yeah. its luck Notre Dame team and turned them into a perennial top 10 team again. You know, that's, that's the facts. That's what he did. Yeah. That's the type of person I would want leading a program. Now, do other people need shots? Absolutely. And I think we're seeing more and more of that in college football. I think college football has taken more of a lead in that than the NFL has. I mean, to be honest, uh, I, I'm not too worried about Notre Dame because Notre Dame, they have a tendency of always picking the best of the best when it comes to coaches as much as possible. So, you know, we'll they never we'll have, have to, to play see. anybody they don't want to. They don't have the guts to join, a, you know, a conference. So <laughs> anyways, <laughs> you can't you can't just go ahead and throw me a jab and then throw another jab for the knockdown. I mean, come on. Let me at least get up for the 10 count before he hits the 10 count. <laughs> anyways, um, before we uh, move further here, uh, Nick, I, I got to say, before we got on here, uh, you told us an incredible story of what you do exactly, what your organization does. I'd love to you know, ask you to please share with our audience what exactly you do, what kind of, uh, what, what, what does sure. your organization do exactly? And like you said, how it came about as well with your friend. And, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Paper. So, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I was sitting on a couch in Austin, Texas, uh, working on a book with with my uh, my friend Tim Kennedy, and uh, our friend Chad Robishaw, who was uh, who was also a uh, a Strike Force fighter back in the day, um, and a Force Recon Marine, texted both of us and was like, "Hey, uh, here's the situation. My interpreter Aziz is trapped. Uh, one of his best friends, another guy that I I worked with a little bit, just got killed by the Taliban." This is like right in the, the beginning of, you know, uh, Kabul falling and when, you know, at that period of time where you saw like people hanging on to landing gear, trying to mm -hmm. trying to take off. And he's like, you know, I know this is a weird ask, but like, is there any way you guys can, you know, come with me to help? And, uh, you know, which, you know, we're all, you know, Tim Kennedy is still like an elite athlete, but the rest of us, we're, we're dads. You know, like I like I'm, I don't look like I did when I was in the military. There's some extra pounds. There's you know, there's more responsibility for family and all that stuff. But um, 
you know, long story short, like a, a friend of a friend, you know, uh, grew up with some folks in UAE. And uh, uh, next thing you know, uh, we get permission to to use two C-17s, which are huge military planes. Mm-hmm. And 12 guys uh, that, you know, most of us didn't know each other. We were all loosely connected to this, my buddy Chad in some way, um, flew to Afghanistan. You know, 36 hours after we had this conversation, I was on a plane on my way to, to you know, Abu Dhabi and then on a plane to Afghanistan. And we ran around like we were young men for, 10 days and and uh you know we were pulling people out of the crowd and um you know integrating with state department officials and military officials and at the end of all of it uh we ended up evacuating 12,000 people you know our 12 man group 12,000 people from Afghanistan we were we were second only to the US government uh in terms of evacuations um and then uh you know when the bombing happened they, they cut off all civilian transportation. So actually there were still, you know, I, I had just left right, right prior to the bombing, um, but there were still four of our guys, you know, on the ground and we had to like kind of jump through hoops and find a way to get them out of there. We ended up getting them to a different country and then kind of like, you know, over the course of three days, got them back to where we were. Um, and so when we got back from from you know this crazy like unbelievable how did we end up doing this as old guys mission, uh, the State Department asked if we would continue helping and and uh, DoD asked if we would continue helping and so we stood up an organization called Save Our Allies, um, and uh, yeah so like I'm I'm a founding board member along with you know uh, three other folks Tim Kennedy. Uh, Sarah Verardo and, and Chad Robichaud, and um, we're still we're still doing rescue operations in Afghanistan, and we are, you know, helping with the uh, the refugee camps here in the states, and we're also helping people transition. You know, so like when a family that that speak, you know, maybe one person in the family speaks English, and they leave these refugee camps because they are finally cleared security wise. Where do they go? What do they do? Um, and we're helping them with that. So it's a, it's a pretty cool effort, tons of work and I'm exhausted all the time, but it's a, it's, it's, it, I feel really good about everybody that helps and volunteers and, and does all the work with Save Our Allies. So Nick, that wow. is absolutely amazing, man. Like I said before, mad respect. Um, I appreciate it. You know, with my, my family's all military for the most part, mm-hmm. grandfathers, uncles, brothers, my older brother served two tours in Afghanistan over his 20 year career. My son served in Afghanistan and I know those relationships. I yeah. know those people are allies who were there working with us and to step up is absolutely amazing. No, definitely. And uh, I have to say, I think I speak for, for all of us. Thank you for your service. Oh, I appreciate uh, thank it. Thank you very it's, much for your service. It's, it's my very pleasure. much appreciated, man. And uh, I got to ask you a question to ask all our guests here. How can people stalk you on social media? Yeah, uh, man. So on Twitter, I'm Ranger underscore up. And on everything else, it's just Nick Palmashano. N-I-C-K-P-A-L-M-I-S-C-I-A-N-O. Or as I usually tell people, P-A-L and then a bunch of vowels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. I like Good that. <laughs> I like that. And you also have a, a production company too, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Diesel Jack Media. And that's Diesel Jack Media on everything. So it's in Instagram, uh, uh, Facebook, etc. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, it was a pleasure having you on here. Hopefully here. Uh, we get to have you back on here again very soon. And uh, that's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for joining us on the Navarro Miller Report. As usual, Jeremy, it's a displeasure to see you as always. Actually, it was better than usual because I got to make yeah, you frown. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's it's a, it was a great day for you. I mean, a horrible I, day for me. I actually had a ball with you this time, Dave. Oh, don't worry. That was awesome. Great getting to talk with you, man. Had a blast. Thank you very much. Yeah, no doubt. But you know what, Jeremy? Just so you know, um, I will get you back, and it's coming. You already know, know it's coming. Why do you, you, why you, already do you know. think I'm getting what I can now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, be, feel, feel good about that. Anyways, we'll see you all next time. Remember to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification button so you could continue to get notified when we go on live. So you could be on the stream, chat with our guests, chat with us. Also, you can go ahead. We have a GoFundMe going right now for uh, better equipment so we can bring you the best quality of the Navarro, the Navarro Miller Report that we can offer you and remember that uh you know we're still in a pandemic right now there's a new variant out there be safe out there uh be very uh careful with it uh you know make sure you practice uh, general hygiene make sure you wear your mask if you got them and uh we'll see you on here on friday we'll be here because last friday we weren't it was a holiday you know we took it off but we'll be here on friday for the navarro miller report and hopefully we will see you all next time You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.